This week, we hop into an AI supercar in AWA Upshot's comic car thrill chariot. So shift into fifth gear because you're listening to a kind of garbage, the anthology podcast. Welcome to the anthology. We're here today to talk about AWA Upshot's Chariot Number One. I'm Adam Bishop, and I'm joined as always by Cody Andrews. Cody, uh, I I love this book. How about you? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed this book. So this is the second AWA book we read. The first one was Mother or Bad Mother, which was good. We enjoyed it. We never got back to it, but I actually want to continue reading this one. Yeah, this one, I I, I enjoyed this one a bit more than uh, Bad Mother. This book is written by Brian Edward Hill. The art is by Priscilla Pertratus. The mm-hmm. colors were by Marco Lesco, and the lettering was done by And World Design. There are, I believe, four covers, four or five covers. The first is by Jeff DeCall. The second is by podcast favorite, Mike Diodato Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mike Diodato Jr. did the art. uh, He did the interior art on Bad Mother, which was the other IWA book, or A, it was the other AWA book we had reviewed. Uh, Another variant covers by Lee Lowridge. And the second last one is done by John Gallagher. And the last one is by Ila Hazulez. So Jeff DeCall's cover is the standard one. That's the one that I believe that both of us read. The cover's super nice, and it reminds me of the eight of like an '80s movie. And we'll get into some of the aesthetics at the end of the book. Did you read the like the editor? I guess the writer and artist notes. Yeah, yes, yeah, so they're they're conflicting, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's they kind of talk about COVID in their notes, and I think that's something you have to think about too. Like a lot of creative teams right now are doing things separately. Obviously, like that puts a big strain on things just the communication of like talking to like your creative partner, like before and after a project comes out, like it's definitely a big disconnect. Yeah. But I I thought the book was fantastic. Yeah. The book is, it's only five issues. And when it said mature at the top, I was like, Ooh, mature. That means there's going to be either lots of blood and guts or some boobies. Mm -hmm. No, it's just, I guess more for themes. Like it's not, a superhero comic per se i i guess it's it's a supercar comic. It, it is well you don't realize it's a spoilers you don't realize it's a supercar until the very end so it starts out with a scene i guess the scene could be ripped right from another comic book that we read goldeneye tops goldeneye issue number one where they're they're driving down the the hillside and then i guess they're in a, well i guess he's being she's be, the what lady is being chased by henchmen who shoot the car and you can kind of see like oh like you can see like a force force field around the car a little bit and then she swings to the side and for some reason the other cars blow up and i didn't really understand why yeah the the initial the, the opening few pages like that action beat of like starting on the car chase kind of actually threw me off for the book I, I actually wasn't digging that too too much I kind of thought it didn't work that well and then once we got into the more like human stuff I enjoyed it and then the, the twist that it's not a driver driving the car the car is driving itself then I was like, okay, this is, there's something here that I'm interested in. Yeah. I was originally going to pass on this book altogether reading it when a friend of mine told me that it reminded him a lot of Knight Rider. And I was just like, uh, I don't like Knight Rider. Like I don't like the thought of just an AI car 
driving around and just doing like goofy missions but this like this yeah. has a, a definitely different spin but at the same time it's familiar if you like Knight Rider one of the one of my favorite panels I think was the fourth page or third page is just this melting skull on the side of the road from that yeah that, that blew I, up that I kind of was like that's a bit much isn't yeah. it right when I saw it I'm like oh there's the mature themes just this this skull with like blood and like skin dripping off I'm like yeah <laughs> Well, that's like a thing too, is I don't know your opinions on it, but I I always kind of thought it was like a neat, that's kind of like a creative choice is like whenever you have like a comic or a movie or a show or anything, when the bad, whenever a bad guy kills somebody, you have to show like the repercussions for it to show that he's evil. Like you have to show how it like impacts the the main character or the the world that it takes place in but whenever the hero kills somebody you can't show the aftermath because then it just makes the hero look like a crazy like it makes the hero look like a murderer in this case yeah (laughs) yeah i kind of was like what are they doing with this you know car chase thing because it's like is whoever driving the car is that the villain or the good guy because the way that they're showing it right now it's implying it's kind of heavily implying that whoever's driving the car is an inhuman monster (laughs) (laughs) which right after that you see a helicopter in the rearview mirror and it just takes out the bridge and this uh, this lady in her car plunges to the bottom of the ocean and the first thing i thought was going to happen was like oh the car is obviously the chariot so it's going to turn into like a submarine or something but no like she starts to like the car starts filling up with water and you're like, Oh shit, she's going to drown. Like something has to happen. And then there's just a a blink of purple light. And then the car just sits still in the depths of the water. And, and then you get your splash page showing you the creative team, a picture of the car underwater. And it's just like AWA Upshot presents chariot. And then you cut to our, I guess our lead. Yeah. So the actual lead, what was his name again? Jim, I've I wrote down all the names because I'm always like person, person, but like yeah, yeah. I know it's it's pretty forgettable. Well, especially because the doesn't really get into the it having like human characters for the first little while. But yeah, Jim is introduced as being a someone whose kid is in the hospital with, who needs like a kidney transplant or something. His son's name is Ben, and he's sick and he has bad kidneys. He's got a case of the bad kidney. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking to his ex-wife. Uh, who's saying like insurance isn't going to cover this and he's like well I'll do some more of those jobs that I do and she's like well you know you do work for bad people and you already owe them money like you're going to get yourself hurt and he's like I can take care of myself da, da, da. so you already know like this guy is not fully on the up and up like what he's doing I love that his wife who I don't think they don't even mention what her name is but she's like, you know, I'm dating, a, I'm dating a cop right now, right? And he's just like, yeah, don't mention this to him. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't tell the cop guy this. Jim, yeah, Jim owes money to a guy named Frank because he mentions him in passing. And then he's also talking about how the age of his kid is probably like um, eight to like 10. And he just mentions how like, oh, my, my dad died of cancer at the age that my son currently is. And mm-hmm. the nice thing about like the main character, Jim, that you find it like he's actually a really good person is Jim wants to make sure that every single time Ben has one of his treatments, it's not like you might have kidney cancer. Is that a thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> he wants to make sure that Ben always wakes up with someone there. So whenever yeah. Ben has a treatment, he's like, I need to make sure that I'm there for him when he wakes up. 
And the kid like opens up his eyes and like they're not facing like opposite ways like Steve Buscemi in the Adam Sandler movies, but he looks a little groggy. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to point that out. I'm like, did you get a load of this kid's eyes <laughs> <laughs> when he wakes up from his operation? His eyes are like his eyeballs are like blue from how sick he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jim says he'll take on some extra work. Uh, then it cuts to. Uh, he works at a he works in like a scrapyard. Basically, it insinuates that like he works in like a chop shop where like they're taking apart stolen vehicles to sell for parts. His uh, boss doesn't mind that he's a felon. He's like, yeah, he's you know, he's cool with me having a rap sheet. and He lets me he lets me work and leaves me alone and all this stuff. And then we're introduced to the people that Jim owes money to. Right before those people jump in, you see the chariot in the garage. And one of the points was that he mentions is um, the boss says that if I if I find a car that I actually like, I can fix it up. I can fix it up all my like myself, and then I get to keep it. And he opens up the hood of this car, and the first thing I thought is like, holy shit, this car has Krang inside of it. Because it's just like this, yeah, this purple like blob type engine. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I got <laughs> it looked like the Matrix birthing pod. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It it got like crazy sci-fi with that, which I wasn't huge on. Um, yeah, I thought I'm not, it I'm not a car guy, so I have no idea. Like I even I looked at it and I'm like that doesn't look right. No, it's it's. I don't even know what to say. It's nothing like. Uh, the car is pretty neat, though. The car's like it's styled after like a 90s BMW 8 Series, uh, which is kind of cool because it's just like kind of a, an obscure car that failed <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> and now it's kind of especially lately, it's kind of getting a lot of in like the car community. That car is kind of getting a lot of love just from people being like, you know what? Like that was a really neat car that did a lot of things different. And nobody bought it, but now like people are kind of appreciating what it did. The obviously the creative team like made the choice that they're like, okay, the hero car, uh, the hero car has to be a an eight series, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So like you were saying, uh, Frank shows up with a bunch of his goons <laughs> to like yeah. to get his money off of Jim. And Jim like lets him know it's like, oh, I'm sorry, like my kids' treatments draining, draining me dry. Um, I thought maybe I could do some work. And Frank's like, oh, you want to work it off? I want some money. Yeah. He sends one of his goons to, like, to beat up Jim. And then it's like, okay, we're going to leave a mark on him. And they pull a knife. And even I'm just like, holy shit, like this is getting dark right away. <laughs> Does the car have a name? I'm trying to remember. I'm assuming the car's name will be Cherry. <laughs> I Yeah, that, that that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it has a name yet. It doesn't have a name, but that's kind of this is what like awakens the car and the car starts to def defend Jim in the scrapyard by like driving around and, and ramming people. <laughs> I think it also implies that it murders the guy Jim owes money to. It runs over Wes, the first guy, the only goon that has a name that was going to cut yeah. uh, cut Jim. It's like skids and smacks a dreadlock guy into a wall of like pipe through his chest. And then, yeah. Like that's a murder. Yeah, that's that guy's dead. Like that's yeah. a flat out murder. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two guys on the side of it, it shoots ninja stars. I don't know if you could see them in the panels. It shoots little ninja stars at the other guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's full on. It's it's a uh, it's night. It's Kit from Knight Rider, just with like more of an attitude. <laughs> oh my god! By the time it it puts down the the gang members, 
it drives up to Jim and Jim starts talking to it. Like, I wonder who's driving. And then driver's side door opens and there's nobody in the driver's seat. And then a, a projection of the woman who was driving the car originally is projected outside of the car and starts talking to Jim. Yeah, so the car must have absorbed her digitally into itself, which means... Okay, now this is, yeah, kind of this is the neat thing about it is, is that your interpretation of what happened? I, she, I'm i going to assume that she, yeah, that she got absorbed into the car. And we're going to have a few plot points. Frank, the, um, the goon or the goon head honcho guy, I think he's going to come back a la Professor X in a wheelchair because the car more or less crushed his leg. So I don't think he's dead. And then in my notes, I have... um. A sexy VR lady. I called her Cortana for obvious reasons. Because mm. why? Why would you not just call her Cartana? <laughs> oh no, that's even better. <laughs> you were right there, Adam. You were right there. Fuck. Yeah. So Cody, Cody coined it Cartana. <laughs> Cartana. My interpretation of it was she's not absorbed by the car. Like there was net in the opening action scene, there was never a human driving the car in the first place. Like it's. She has always been just like a VR uh, op, like, I guess, operating system or whatever you would call it for the car. Okay. Because she, she started to like panic about the water and she looked shocked when the purple flash came in. But you think that maybe she didn't know that she was just AI inside the car? No, she knows she's AI. I think she was scared because it's, I guess she's like a computer and like water was getting in the car. I don't know. I, I think she's going to be a real person. And one of the plot points is to get her out of the car back to her physical body. So oh, okay. her and Jim can do, do the bangy. Yeah. They can mesh gears. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> the artwork, the artwork in this is amazing. The story yeah, is really it's, good. It's so great far. Art. Yeah. I I'm excited to see where it goes. Like I said, I was worried that it was going to be a Knight Rider clone. Um, but the AI isn't maybe an actual person. I think it's an actual person. You think it's AI though, right? Yeah, I, I think it's AI. The more you're saying about it now, I'm like, oh shit, maybe Adam's right. <laughs> um, but also I think it, it's it's a neat premise because it's kind of like taking the premise. You're, you're taking that wheel man premise from like 70s movies and then you're applying it to... Uh, you're kind of taking like the modern uh, version of it. Like like there there I think there was a movie in the 70s i think it was called like Wheelman. there was one called driver there's also video games of both those names <laughs> yeah oh yeah which are based off like that are just like homages to those movies Wheelman um, starring vin diesel the video game yes. starring vin diesel yeah yeah <laughs> but then you kind of have newer ones that came out recent like there's like the original gone in 60 seconds in the remake but then you also have uh you have like this new wave of like driver movies that came out. So you have the movie driver and then you also have baby driver. So it's kind of taking a lot of that. And it's like, what if we added kind of a, uh, a little bit of a sci-fi spin onto it? Like what if it's driver, but like the guy he's driving with is also a, a hologram. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to actually read the rest of this. And we'll probably do a follow-up episode. Maybe we'll just do books two, three, four, five. I don't know how far along the series is. I think it was yeah. new-ish. I don't think it, no. Nah. AWA doesn't put the month that it comes out like Marvel and DC did. I don't know if they still do that. I, I would be open to reading more of this series than say Bad Mother. Not that <laughs> Bad Mother was bad. It just, I wasn't like, I overly excited by that. Like I, Bad Mother 
didn't get me hooked. Yeah, where this where Chariot number one definitely has you asking a lot of questions and you want to see the return of wheelchair Frank, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully Frank comes back. But his <laughs> wheelchair is, is uh, it's a car wheelchair. <gasps> I, w- I want it to be like a little monster truck. That would be cool, too. <laughs> so because we only read the first issue, it's a short episode, but then we're going to rank it right now. And then in the future, we're going to come back to this and then integrate those issues into this ranking, which actually could move it up. So right now I am going to put this as my new number, my new number five, which goes right under accident man and right above the tour. Really great book. Everyone should read it. Buy it digitally, go to your comic book store if they have it and grab this book because it was really fun. Yeah. This is going to be my new number nine. So I liked this a little bit more than the wrestling zine you showed me. Uh, Wrestle Club, uh, not as much as the Atour. It's funny because the Atour and Accident Man are so close for us. Like, we, like they're mm-hmm. lower on your list. They're a little bit higher on my list. But Chariot goes above the Atour and under Accident Man. But for this, it goes under the Atour and under Accident Man, which is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. So on our next episode, Cody, do you know what we're doing? I think it was your turn to pick, wasn't it? Have you picked something yet? Uh, It probably is my turn. I can't think off the top of my head what I'd want to pick. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of hard. I don't really know. I, I know like we had, as far as the movies go, like JR had reached out to us, JR Diggs. We could maybe review another episode and do something with him, or maybe we could talk to him and see if there's something he wanted to talk about. I I know that we do have to do a guest episode where we're not going to spoil what it is, but we do have someone who wants to do a TV show with us. So we, we might need to do that next. Ah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at a kind of garbage and on Facebook at a kind of garbage pod. You can also visit a kind of garbage.com or allmylinks.com forward slash a kind of garbage for all of the links I mentioned above and a whole lot more. You can find myself on Twitter at Presto Adam and on the Hey Kids Comics radio show with Martin, Dan, Chris, and Chris Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Trent Radio 92.7 CFFF. FM or at heykidscomics.ca. Cody, where can listeners find you? On Twitter at a sync word. Awesome. With that said, I'm Anna Bishop. And I'm Cody Andrews. Thanks for listening and, and be sure to join us on our next episode. Vroom! <laughs> vroom, vroom, vroom. Cody, I just watched a movie that I haven't seen before, and I have the first movie and the second movie, and that movie is Train Spotting. Oh, you've never seen those? No, I've ne- I had I still haven't seen the second one, but yeah, um, Danielle and I just watched the first one. It was a lot of fun. The cover is weird for the the Blu-ray because it doesn't really it doesn't tell you anything about the actual movie, and I guess the back of it says from the director Twenty Eight Days Later. <laughs> yeah, it's from a uh, Danny Boyle, who's a British film director who's done. He's done a lot of movies, to be fair. Like, he's a famous director. He did 28 Days Later. He did that movie with James Franco, The 127 Hours. Oh, I've never seen that one. Uh, he did, I think he did Slumdog Millionaire. I've seen that one. He did a, he did a really, really good movie called Sunshine. Nope. You haven't seen Sunshine? <laughs> no. All right, we'll have we'll have to do Sunshine one day. Sunshine's like one of those movies where like everyone's like it's my favorite science fiction movie because it's okay. just this it's a neat idea and it's not it has a real budget but it's not like a stupid high budget science fiction movie. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, uh, this one was fun. The reason why I actually bought it originally is cuz Johnny Lee Miller's in it who plays Dade from Hackers, Eli from Eli Stone, Sherlock Holmes from Elementary. It's one one of the actors I really like. 
And yeah, it was great. I wasn't thinking that I was going to see Obi-Wan's penis, like almost first yep. thing in the movie. I was just like, oh no, his lightsaber's hanging out. Oh no. <laughs> Did you, what have you been watching? I watched the, I think we talked about it. I watched the new Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah. I, was I still have to watch that. Uh, what else have I seen? Not much of anything, man. Oh, just busy doing the COVID work life. Yeah. That end, like, it, yeah, it's it's hard. Like, not a lot of stuff's coming out. There's still, like, you don't really know what's getting released and, like, what format. Um, like, you don't know what's coming out in theaters or what's coming out on demand or on, like, a Netflix or anything like that. I think one of the ones I'm looking forward to is, uh, at some point this month, the new Zack Snyder zombie movie, Army of the Dead, is coming out on Netflix. Oh, with Batista in it. Yeah, which is, that's one of those movies that's like, I wouldn't say it's been in developmental hell. It's just, it's it's very famous because it's had like a ton of rework on it as far as like, he had a director picked out for it. He was going to be a producer on it. And then someone, he ended up, I think it got quite far into production. And then they were like, actually, he's just going to redo it and direct it. Chris D'Elia had a starring role in it. And now... Crystalia is basically like synonymous. I don't know. Like you can't really look up Crystalia without like having all this weird sex charges pop up. Yeah. He went into hiding and I think him and his girlfriend or wife, I, I don't know, had a baby. So he's all like, I'm a dad now and I'm a good guy. Yeah. So I don't, I know that like they reshot a ton of that movie just to like get rid of the Crystalia stuff. So it'll, yeah, it'll be neat. Like I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan, but like he's always one of those guys where like, I don't know, his, his army uh, or his, uh, Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead, that was it. It's actually a really good movie. It's a neat zombie movie. So I'm interested to see him do another zombie movie. That's the, is that the Sarah Pauly one? Yeah, yeah. that was the one that was filmed in Toronto? Pickering. Okay. It was, it was filmed in like the GTA, yeah. Yeah. The other neat thing too is there's a bunch of stuff about his Army of the Dead getting a bunch of rewrites because oh. it's to do with like, a, it's got some stuff in it with like, I guess there's different categories of zombies in the movie and there's like the shuffling like brainless zombies and then there's zombies that are a bit smarter that can run and apparently in the movie there's also like intelligent zombies like just un- like undead monsters and the rumor was at one point that the zombies were going to be like kidnapping women to like breed with them to like make an army of the dead oh my god I, I don't know if it was a screenplay that like got leaked or someone saw the screenplay, but I remember people like years ago, I remember people being like Zack Snyder's doing a zombie movie and like they're the studios basically just like you have to cut all this stuff out, you sick pervert. It's too sexy. <laughs> oh, it's too gross. And it's just that like that's so funny. <laughs> Zach, you can't put all this gross shit in your movie. Oh, okay. I know that just reminds me. I know I posted it um to one of our chat groups that ebay has taken away all of their adult categories yeah that's right which um and the only reason why i even found out about that is because some of the comic book um illustrators and writers i follow on twitter one of them uh robin bougie who does uh cinema sewer and he's worked with uh dexter cockburn who does the um the canadian underground comics the ones that um, i bought from vancouver i think i showed you them he was complaining where he's like 
I'm a comic historian. I buy like these old books and even old magazines because he did um, he did a uh, porno movie poster book that I have. It doesn't like it doesn't really have any nudity in it. It's just all the porn posters. So he's even saying that it's going to become harder and harder for him to find the stuff and document it to make his books because he's not going to have a standard place now to go looking for certain things if eBay's like no adult material. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very real thing that's going to be uh that's a very very real thing that's going to be happening is um I wouldn't say the demand but as far as like yeah, the ease of getting this stuff is going to plummet and I think the I don't know. I think someone like you is in a good position because I think a value, the value of a lot of this stuff is going to go through the roof. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to skyrocket because of that. And I've even looked at some of my books being like, oh, I can get rid of a few of these things I either have digitally or now I have them in like a trade paperback collection. I know that when... Um, yeah, when, when Frank Thorne died, I have complete runs of certain certain books that he did with Uros Comics. And I'm like, oh, I can get rid of these for a high price. But now nobody cares. I don't have the trade paperback, but I do have them digitally. Yeah, well, I think we know a few places in the GTA and stuff like that that sell books like this. Like, I'm definitely curious to see if you're going to see store. But now that it's going to be one of those things where you have to get it in store, I'd be curious to know if like the store value of any of this stuff is going to go up. Yeah, we're, we're never going to Toronto again. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to get the opportunity. It's, it literally feels like it's going to be a million years before we ever get to go back. It sucks. I know that we're we're recording this in, what is it, like the second week of May? Oh, it's the third week. Ah, yeah. It's technically the no, third no. week of May. Third? It, what's the date today? The ninth. The That's first the was on a, the first was on a Saturday. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right then. Yeah, it's it's technically the third, but it's really the second. What do you think of the whole have you have you been following any of this like NFT stuff with comic art? Oh that no, um I know that it's not environmentally friendly at all and people get upset about it, but then people want to buy this stuff for what's it called ether i think is the currency you have to purchase yeah so the whole thing with like this nft stuff is there's the whole argument about you're selling art but you're selling the digital fingerprint of art you're not selling like the physical whatever of it so a lot of people are like well you're not even really buying it you're in your you're buying like the easiest version of art to pirate like this is just a giant joke which they're they're not wrong at all yeah but one of the big ones has been uh, the estate of Frank Frazetta. Oh, his daughter, I guess, who runs the estate. She's been like, yeah, we're going to sell NFTs of some of my late father's work. They're selling. The other thing, too, is that like they're selling it and people are arguing that the only reason they're selling it is it's giving people an in to get in on this like crazy cryptocurrency boom. Okay. Because cryptocurrency is worth nothing until all of a sudden people say it's worth something. Yeah. And then, and then it's worth an insane amount of money. So people are just giving away this ether currency for whatever. So like whatever you want to use to trade the currency, in this case, it's NFT. So it's digital rights to art. They're using that hoping there's an ether boom. And then everyone can just cash in on this ether currency. So the estate Frazetta's estate has basically been like, hey, if you ever wanted to own Frazetta art, we're going to be selling, we're going to be selling some of my late father's art as NFTs. And then people have just been posting being like, didn't your father famously sell some of his art for like a million dollars? (laughs) Like, like you guys did okay 
selling art like like you don't really need to get in on this whole nft grift so i think that that's been pretty interesting i think as far as like watching people i guess kind of butt heads with it and like the other argument too is it's not even art collectors or like fans of comic art that are buying it it's people who just want to get the ether currency as fast as they can i remember watching a documentary uh, about frazetta i think it was it was in the ice and fire dvd the double dvd set you got the frazetta documentary and they talk about how i think he had a stroke and he lost the use of his right hand which is what he painted with so he had to actually learn how to paint with his left hand and lots of people said that his artwork actually looked better with his left hand after he learned yeah. how to use it nfts oh, insane, yeah yeah nfts are probably the worst thing ever um it makes no sense i hate it yes yeah, it's, it's it's super stupid 